You're listening to episode 134 of the Fitness Empowerment Podcast, and today we are covering the topic of which five foods or five food groups you should have more of in 2020. Hey there, and welcome to or welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. My name is Danny. I'm your host, and on this podcast, I am focused on sharing with you ways to increase your energy, decrease your stress, and save you time so that you feel empowered to go after the life you want. Today, as you can tell, our topic is focused on food intake, thus energy intake. The inspiration for this episode came from coaches of mine who covered 25 fitness tips leading up to Christmas, and I am putting my own spin on these topics for the new year. I took the 25 tips and broke them down into five different categories, the first of which being foods that are recommended as healthy and highly encouraged for including more of in your nutrition regimen in 2020. Now, before I dive into this episode, I want to remind you to join my email list and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any podcast episodes in the future. I also send out show notes in my podcast emails so that you don't have to take notes while listening to these nuggets of wisdom. So definitely pause the episode and click on that link in the show notes to make sure you are a part of my list. Okay, diving into these five food categories that are highly recommended for your nutrition in 2020. Number one, eat more nuts. This is an interesting piece of advice and it's double-sided, I think. Personally, I was never a fan of nuts growing up and really not until the past couple of years did I enjoy adding them into my nutrition regimen. I definitely remember telling my my first prep coach that I did not want to eat nuts. I wasn't going to do it, but I would eat peanut butter. Creamy, only creamy peanut butter. <laughs> I think though the reason why nuts are on the list is that they are a wonderful source of healthy fats. The concern, I think, is that nuts are extremely easy to overeat. One serving size of nuts is generally one ounce or 28 grams, which may look something like 24 almonds. In theory, I know it's simple to pull out a food scale and measure out your almonds or whatever nuts into a bowl, but it's way easier to grab a handful out of a bag or to grab the whole bag and just eat and eat and eat. And while fat is very satiating as a macronutrient, you're more than likely to eat a lot more nuts than you plan on if you don't measure them out and leave the kitchen. You got to leave the kitchen, (laughs) y'all. Now, if you're curious, a one ounce serving size of almonds is 14 grams of fat compared to the six grams of protein and the six grams of carbs. So you'll often see labels with your like nutrition labels for different nuts that say something about the marketing being like, oh, it's a great source of protein, which isn't incorrect, but the marketing leaves out the fact that you're getting well over double the amount of fat grams compared to protein grams in a single serving. So that's something to consider. Eat your nuts, but eat them in moderation. Number two, eat fatty fish. I'll be the first to tell you, and you probably know, I don't eat fish. I don't eat seafood, I don't like the taste, I don't like the smell, I don't like the texture, so on and so forth. I don't want it. So I have trouble with this one because I do know that there are wonderful benefits from eating fish that I am not getting. Now, the fats in fish are different from the fats in nuts, so it is important to have a variety of fats in your diet. 
And if you are like me and you don't want to get your omegas from something like salmon or another type of fish, then I would recommend that you find a fish oil supplement that gives you what you're missing out on. So when you see a supplement that says omega-3s or omega-369, that's something you might want to consider if you're not eating a variety of healthy fish, you know, maybe a couple times a week. Number three, eat more fruits and vegetables. I wholeheartedly agree with this, and as much as I love to be healthy, I still find myself in need of a focus on fresh fruits and vegetables all the time. So I think a lot of people shy away from fruit when they think about the fructose and the natural sugars in them, and I would totally encourage you not to avoid fruit because of sugar. There are so many vitamins and nutrients and fiber that you intake from fruits that you are missing out on if you are having this fear for a natural sugar. If you're focused on limiting your sugar intake, then for fruits, I would recommend berries and pears as your higher fiber, lower sugar fruits. Yes, surprisingly, pears have a lot of fiber in them. So for vegetables, I would aim for the color of the rainbow. I think there are just so many different types of vegetables out there. I'm sure you haven't tried them all. And I know they can be maybe not as fun as other types of starchy carbs or sugar carbs, but you feel so much better the more consistently you have vegetables in your diet. I mean, I just see so many times that when we go out to eat, you know, and you get your, your main protein and then you, you get two sides with it. And it's so easy to go with, oh, I'm going to have potatoes and macaroni and cheese. Don't get me wrong. That's probably my ideal go-to as well. Maybe add some sweet potato fries in there. But that's like adding starchy carb on top of starchy carb on top of starchy carb with a lot of fats because it's very rare that your potato is not going to come loaded with butter and bacon and cheese and that that mac and cheese isn't also full of fat. <laughs> so good. But like maybe just think about, okay, if I eat my vegetables like I get one side of vegetables and I eat that first, then I can even enjoy the mac and cheese or the baked potato or whatever even more. But maybe kind of give yourself a little challenge. And I have to do that with myself too. I will buy like a bunch of salads from a an organic meal prep company here. And I'll be like, oh, I really would rather just have mac and cheese and throw some collagen peptides in there. But I'll be like, all right, Danny eat your salad and then you can have like, it's like I'm talking to myself as if I'm a child. I'm like, Danny, if you eat your salad, then you can have your mac and cheese. And that way I can have my cake and eat it too, but I'm going to have the vegetables first, you know? So that's my recommendation there. I, you should not shy away from fruits and vegetables unless you have maybe a food allergy or a very specific reason that you cannot have specific fruits or vegetables. That's what I have to say about that. Eat your fruits and veggies. I used to drink five to six espresso beverages a day. Yes, local coffee shops and Starbucks loved me. However, I also had a lot of stress and feelings of anxiety. I was tired of being tired and tired of being stressed. I mean, what kind of a life is it to drink excessive amounts of caffeine in order to function daily and then be so wired that you have to take way too many sleep assistance supplements to fall asleep? So. What changed things for me? Prove it ketones. This powder that I shake up with ice and water has given me the natural energy I had been craving. The energy that kind of makes me feel like Wonder Woman because instead of my heart beating out of my chest, I feel laser focus and mental clarity to the nth degree. Yes, it's literally insane. <laughs> Best of all, 
I don't have to follow a ketogenic diet to continue receiving these awesome ketone energy benefits. I can just shake up my drink and conquer my day with energy that doesn't also bring along stress. So if you're curious, which I hope you are, then I invite you to watch a short video about this energy supplement at danny.experienceketo.com. Again, that's danny, D-A-N-Y-E dot experienceketo, K-E-T-O dot com. Seriously, I don't want to go a day without proving ketones. All right, number four, eat more protein. Yes, yes, and yes, the majority of clients that I work with need a focus on their protein intake, especially in the beginning and maybe the first 12 to 16 weeks for sure. So in the South, if you don't know, I'm from Louisiana, a lot of people were raised with like grease cans on the stovetop and a high fat, high carb approach to their home cooked feel good meals. If this is you and you're trying to cling on to your past because it's comfortable, but you know that something needs to change so that you'll have a longer future, then start with adding in a lean source of protein, meaning a high protein, low fat, uh, you know, protein source, maybe a, a low carb protein source as well. If we're doing maybe more of a plant based approach, um, don't focus so much on taking away what you've already got in your diet, focus on what you can add in. And by adding in that lean protein and making that more consistent, you'll find that you'll be more satiated and less apt to eat more of the high fat, high carb approach that you were doing previously. Now, my secret weapon for clients increasing their protein right now is those collagen peptides. Go for the brand that you like, try a bunch of different ones, but my personal recommendation is Vital Protein's unflavored collagen peptides or the Vital Protein's collagen water. Each bottle or scoop has 10 grams of collagen and nine to 10 grams of protein in it. So mix that powder with something that has a texture and you will never know that it's there. The RDA or kind of rec recommended daily amount, daily allowance for protein guidelines is not what you should be following for a daily intake. The amount recommended is about 50 to 60 grams per day and that is simply not what is optimal. So that's, that's the amount that an average person should need to ensure that their systems are functioning properly, but it's not optimal. So in my experience personally and with clients, we have all achieved a more ideal body composition and maintained that ideal body composition from increasing protein by about 1.5 to two times the RDA. It is different for every person, but I recommend that you simply start tracking what you're eating. Not saying you have to do it forever. Start tracking your food for a few days and kind of get an average idea of what your daily protein intake looks like. I'm telling you, it is not uncommon for me to see that when clients first start tracking their food, they're only eating maybe 30 or 40 grams of protein per day, which is, it's a very low amount, but you don't know what you don't know. So Start by tracking and see where you're at and then just see if you need to increase from there for some more optimal long-term results. I think you'll be surprised. Last but not least, number five is increasing herbs and spices. So not exactly a food group, but seriously, some of the herbs and spices out there are amazing. And you can really transform a simple meal into what feels like gourmet with a few herbs and spices. I definitely, I'm not a home cook. I don't do a ton of home cooking, but I do enjoy eating HelloFresh at home maybe a couple times a month. And I'm always fascinated by the herbs and spices and seasoning mixes that they include. So there's 
definitely more out there for flavoring food than salt, which is also, I think, an important part of your diet. Your body totally needs sodium, though maybe a different amount for everyone is recommended. But it's just, it's nice to be able to use variety in your diet. And so I think the biggest thing with your herbs and spices and any of these categories that we've briefly touched on today is finding variety so that you're not, your body's not stuck with the same things every week that you get bored of. And that's, uh, you know, boredom and variety. Those are some big things that we need to work on. That's a big reason why a lot of diets or meal plans fail is because there's not enough variety and we get bored. So to quickly recap what we went through today, these five different food group categories that are recommended we eat more of in our daily nutrition for 2020. We had number one, nuts. Number two, fatty fish or a fish oil supplement. Number three, fruits and vegetables. Number four, protein. And number five, herbs and spices. So I wholeheartedly agree we should all probably consider adding in more of these food group categories in 2020 and recognize where it's easy to go overboard and where it's easy to be way under on some of these things. I do actually have, now that I think about it, a grocery shopping guideline that has each macronutrient separated and different macronutrients attached to each section. So for example, there's like a big protein section and then there's a starchy carbohydrate section and then there's a fruit section and a vegetable section. So it's sectioned out and then for each type of food, it has the breakdown of macronutrients as well as calories. I'm gonna put that in the show notes below and that can help you to get an idea of different types of foods for each category that you can test out if you're looking for more variety. All you need to do is click on the link in the show notes, input your name and email, and you'll receive that download direct to your email inbox. Okay, that's gonna wrap us up for today. If you have a particular food category you think should be a part of 2020 for people to consider, then please share that with me by emailing me danny at thedietdoc.com or sending me a DM on Instagram at Danny Phillips. And your fit tip may be featured in a future episode of the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. Again, make sure you are subscribed so that you don't miss out on future podcast episodes. And next week, our category of discussion will be the five things you should not do in 2020 when it comes to your health. I hope you had a happy new year and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye for now.